Welcome to Tia's Table, where we talk about making fitness and wellness doable for busy women like you and me. Looking for healthy meal ideas, workout motivation, and good conversation? Don't worry, I got you, girl. Sit back, grab a snack, and let's have some girl talk. Hey, girl. Welcome back to a new episode of our podcast, Tia's Table. If this is our first time meeting and this is your first time on the call, girl, I'm Tia. I'm a certified group fitness instructor and a behavior change specialist, which means that I help women develop healthier habits that they can maintain for the rest of their life to live the healthier life of their dreams. If that sounds like something that you would be interested in learning more about, feel free to reach out to me at tavfitness at gmail.com. And I would love to set up a consultation with you to discuss how I might be able to help you in your own personal health, wellness, fitness, changing of life journey, because that's what I do. Now, For today's conversation, I just want to go ahead and throw it out there that it's going to feel like a lot of info, but really, girl, we're going to be debunking a lot of these fitness myths that we've all heard about our whole life, and we're also going to kind of touch on all of the different eating styles that we hear people talking about too. This is important because throughout the rest of the season, We're going to be talking about trying a lot of different fitness trends, a lot of different supplemental services that can help us on our health, wellness, beauty, fitness journey. And in order for a lot of those things to work, we got to make sure we got our foundation super strong. So we got to make sure our food and our fitness is on the top of its game, because if not, girl, I don't want you to go spend money on all these other services and things If I know, you know, you're expecting the service to do all the work because that's not how it goes. We have to make sure that we're working out, eating right, doing all the things we're supposed to do. And then if we so choose to go try out some of these other services, we know that they can be very helpful in our efforts, right? Which... Brings me to today's conversation. Now, before we get into all of that, let's talk about what's on Tia's table for this month. Oh my goodness, I have been cooking so much and trying so many recipes. So today for Tia's table, we don't have just one. We have two different meals that I think everybody needs to try. I reviewed one of them on the website already. So if you haven't seen that, go to tiavfitness.com and you'll see that I reviewed the no crumbs left grilled veggie salad. Let me just tell you about how good that salad was. I don't know if it was the pistachio pesto, which you cannot skip. You kind of have to make that because that makes it so creamy and like delicious. So I don't know if it was that. I don't know if it was the grilled flavor, like from the grill that made it so good. I don't know if it was the balsamic and feta cheese dressing that you mix together and toss on there or just the variety of veggies themselves. Like I honestly don't know what made it so delicious, but when I mean to tell you we consume the whole bowl like in a day and some change, we ate all of it. And it's just so good. Now, we had a variety of proteins going on the grill that day. I had my salad with grilled salmon because, you know, that's just what I like. I, I love it. And when I mean to tell you it was just so yummy and delicious and so comforting, 
I ate it for several days. If you follow me on Instagram, you know you saw me eating that for like lunch and dinner, like several days in a row. I even used the salad with eggs one or two mornings for breakfast because why not? It was already done. I just threw them in the pan with some eggs and made like a somewhat of an omelet. Somewhat of an omelet because I was told that omelets have cheese, but you know, I don't really eat cheese like that unless it's a rare occasion and I'm having pizza or it's like Thanksgiving and I'm having mac and cheese. But normally, yeah, no, cheese is not something that I that I would put in like my eggs, right? Or my grits. So cheese at breakfast doesn't happen for me. So when you are making your cheeseless omelet, you can use whatever veggies you had from dinner the night before to just make that a quicker, easier process for yourself. That salad remix so well in so many different ways. Um, I mean, it held up well in the refrigerator. I just can't say enough good things about it. If you go to the website, you'll see I linked to the recipe. I linked to the No Crumbs Left Instagram so that you can kind of go there and start going through all of her recipes. So far, I've tried two of them. I've tried the grilled salad. And then the next meal that I think is worth everyone trying is her corn and shrimp chowder. Now, that recipe has like a handful of ingredients. It's the corn, it's the shrimp, it's celery, onion, shallots, a little bit of kosher salt, unsweetened butter, which I didn't use the unsweetened butter when I made mine. Um, You have a little little vermouth. Is it called vermouth? Vermouth. I don't know what it's called, but it's dry. You have to go get it from like your local bottle, ABC packaging, liquor, whatever you want to call it store. But it's worth the trip to that store to get it. Um, you can also use that for like other things I'm learning. So you, you put that in there with all of the other things and that's literally it. Like there isn't, is nothing else. Which brings me to a very quick conversation about seasoning our food. So, okay, when you eat that soup, you're gonna taste the corn. You're gonna taste the shrimp. You're gonna taste all of the flavors of everything you put into it. And for some people, I feel like dishes like that would be described as under seasoned, right? Because you're expecting like a super impactful, heavy, you know, like knock you out of your seat kind of flavor when you're eating something like a chowder or like a bisque or whatever, right? And, you know, for me, I'm like, I feel like the corn and the shrimp is supposed to be the star of that bowl. So we don't need a whole bunch of like seasoning, like drowning out or spicing up those two things. So we really want to be able to taste them. So I'm encouraging everybody as we're all on our healthy food journey, and we're all going to be trying different recipes and branching out and being open and receptive to new foods and flavors, we can, you know, we can be open to the idea of being able to taste the actual foods in the recipes instead of, I don't know, looking to taste lots of seasoning, right? So for me, I want to taste the corn and it was so good and the shrimp, right? I want to taste those things. 
I don't necessarily know that I want my mouth to be on fire, like, or overwhelmed every single time I sit down to eat. And I think it's okay. I think that's a discussion that we need to have really quickly. We don't have to be knocked out, you know, flavor profile or like our palates don't have to be knocked out every time we sit down to eat because sometimes we want to taste the clean flavors of the ingredients that we're cooking with. So have an open mind. If you sit down and you make that chowder, just know I told you up front because see, I'm the friend that's going to tell you on the front. We talked about that last season. I'm not going to have you go to the store, buy this stuff, sit down, take your time to cook it, eat it, only to find out that you feel like it's a little under seasoned. No, girl, I'm going to tell you up front, you're already going to feel that it's over seasoned. (laughs) You're going to feel that it's under seasoned, you know, when you taste it. But if you open your mind to the fact that you're really looking for the corn and the shrimp flavor and it's supposed to be a light, summer, yummy, delicious soup, let me tell you, I ate that for days and days, right? I froze what was left so that it would not go bad because see, if it wasn't good, I just would have tossed it. But I was like, oh no, we cannot get rid of this. I need to go ahead and freeze it so that it doesn't go bad in my refrigerator and I can eat this every single day for lunch next week because I had enough of it left for five servings. So all of next week now, I have my lunch ready to go. And I'm so excited to continue eating it. You sprinkle chives and a little crumbled bacon on the top and it is just heaven. It is so good, so light. Um, And I think that everyone should try it at least. I mean, I wish we all lived closer together so that y'all could have like had a spoonful at my house. But since we don't, you'll just have to take my word for it and try it yourself. I promise it's good. You will not regret you will not regret having made that soup. Oh, and it had potatoes in it. I don't want people to think it's just corn and shrimp. There were also potatoes and it's just so good. Oh my gosh. Everybody has to try it. So that's what I've been eating a lot of lately. I actually have her cookbook and I've been, or I'm thinking about cooking my way through it, but I'm on the fence about that because um, there is a huge salad chapter in her cookbook. So I feel like if I cook my way through it, I would just maybe skip the salads or maybe I would just try the salad dressings on salads that I already make. I don't know. I got to figure that part out. But I'm thinking about cooking my way through her cookbook and just kind of reviewing things as I go. So far, I've reviewed um, the two recipes that I've um, made from her. And I'm excited to try more of her stuff because it's been really good. And I think her recipes are... Whole 30 approved? I don't know. Don't get me to lying. Don't quote me on that. But I think she's got like a partnership with Whole 30. So the stuff that she makes is intended to be like really, really clean. So let's check her out. Like I said, it's linked in the um, grilled veggie salad review on the website. So go try those recipes. Trust me, they were good. Okay, so moving into today's conversation. Now, these are important because we want to make sure that we are setting ourselves up for success. We all know that consistency is key. We all know that we've got to be doing all the things all the time in order for any of this to work out. And we have already acknowledged that that is wearing us out and we're tired, right? We we know. But I just want to go ahead and see 
if we are all on the same page with some of the fitness myths that are out there, just so that we can make sure that we're all doing everything that we possibly can to be successful in our efforts. Because some of the things that are coming up in this season will require that you are doing right by your food and your fitness in order for these other things to even work, right? So let's debunk some of the fitness myths that are out there that you might be living by that, girl, you can let them go because they're not serving you. It's not even true. Who lied to you? I don't know. Send me their at and I will DM them for you. Let's get into these fitness myths. Number one, cardio is the only way to burn fat. And I know everyone says that when people start working out or they get into you know their fitness journey, the first thing everyone does is they start hitting those cardio machines. Or girl, you sign up for that Zumba class. And I think that's great because anything you do to become a more active person is great. So one step in the right direction, I'm never gonna say that that's a bad thing. But once you've been on your journey for quite some time, like, girl, you got to step off of that machine and start stepping over to the strength training portion of the gym or start buying yourself some weights, getting into weightlifting and all of that. People think that cardio is the only way to burn fat, and it's just not true. Strength training is so helpful. Muscle tissue actually burns more calories in your body than fat when your body is resting, right? So your body requires more energy to support muscle, which is a good thing because that means like basically while you're asleep, you're still burning calories. So mix up your training, do a little bit of cardio, a little bit of strength. I personally like to do strength at least three times out of the week because that just ensures me that my body is constantly trying to build or at least hold on to the muscle that I already have. Fitness. Myth number two, crunches will give you abs. Girl, no, they won't. Oh, well, I mean, not that they won't, but in order to get abs and I, okay, so first of all, abs, I don't think really should be the goal, okay? I feel like a cute waistline for your height and your size and the body that you're trying to achieve should be the goal. I don't even think that everybody is going to have chiseled like squares on their stomach. Like, I don't think that that's in everyone's genetic makeup to even have that unless you start doing some extreme stuff, right? But if squares on your belly, if that's your goal, then you you got to know, you got to do a mix of things to get that. So you've got to be doing like cardio, core, resistance training, and you really do have to be eating really, really well. People who have visible like squares on their stomach, please know that those people, they eat the strictest of meal plans, right? Especially if you know of someone who still has abs at night when they go to sleep, right? Because we can all wake up with abs. Like, hello, I'm a person that wakes up with abs, but after I drink, you know, 70 to 80, some, some days I drink 100 ounces of water, Girl, I don't go to bed with the same abs I woke up with. Like, no. But the people who wake up with abs and go to sleep with abs, just know that they are eating like the strictest of diets. So when you hear people say abs are made in the kitchen, they're not lying to you. It's true. And we're going to talk about nutrition more here in a second. But abs, if you want them, just know you got to be doing a mix of 
different types of exercises and your eating has to be on point pretty much all of the time, which, you know, then now we have to come to that point of how bad do we want the squares? Like how bad I decided that I don't want them that bad no more because I like eating my Chinese takeout and my Chipotle. So, you know, flat tummies. Yes. Squares on tummy. Girl, I don't know. Fitness myth number three. Exercise is great for weight loss. And here we go, because I know this one is going to hit a lot of people. And you're going to be like, what? Exercise is great. Like, we should all be active for at least 30 minutes every day. Exercise does wonders for the different systems in our bodies. Exercise is great for your mental health. It, it, it truly should be something that people strive to do every single day. However, if you're trying to solely do exercise for weight loss, girl, I don't even like being the messenger for some of these things, but the average person doesn't even burn enough calories during their workout to counterbalance all of the stuff that they eat. Did you know that? Oh gosh, it's a bad day to be the host of this podcast and giving out all of this information. But did you know that? Like most people don't even burn enough calories during their workouts to kind of make way (laughs) for all of the food that they eat. Like the math has to be doing what it's supposed to do, right? Energy in, energy out. And most people, their energy out doesn't quite math up for all of the energy that's coming in with all that food, right? So exercise alone, like you can't, out-exercise a bad diet or a lot of the things that we eat. So keep that in mind when you're making food choices, especially if you're exercising with the intent to lose weight. Like if the goal is to lose weight, please make sure that not only are you working out, but you are also eating really, really well because most workouts you might burn you might burn about 300 to 500 calories, depending on what you're doing. It's very rare for people. Well, it's not rare for people to burn more than that. But unless you're burning more than that, you really don't have much wiggle room in your food for a lot of like food surprises or processed foods or treats, lots of sugar and all of that. The fooding, the the fooding, maybe that's what we should start calling it. The fooding has to be on point. The food has got to be done right because exercise alone is not going to be enough to lose weight. Fitness myth number four, weight training turns fat into muscle. Ooh, okay, so let's talk about this. First of all, fat tissue and muscle tissue are two different types of tissue. So you can't turn one into the other. Um, Okay, a good example of this would be human hair versus synthetic hair, right? It's all hair, right? It all looks the same. It, The function of it, sometimes it's similar, right? You might be able to curl some synthetic hair, girl. I don't know. Um, but, you know, it's some things you can do with human hair that you cannot do with synthetic hair. Is some stuff maybe that you can do with synthetic hair that human hair won't do or... You know, synthetic hair might give you some issues that human hair might not give you, right? So, but at the end of the day, it's all hair. It's all hair, but it's two different types and you cannot turn one into the other. 
you cannot do anything to synthetic hair and automatically make it into human hair. You cannot turn human bundles into a synthetic wig. Like who would want to do that anyway, right? But you can't. It's the same thing with your the tissues in your body. Muscle and fat tissue are both tissues, but completely different things. And you cannot turn one into the other. You can shed fat by eating and a calorie deficit and burning calories with exercise. And of course, you can build muscle by strength training. Um, but the idea of fat turning into muscle is a myth. Nope. It's two different it's two different tissues. You can get rid of fat tissue and you can build muscle. So girl, keep that in mind when you're working out that you're burning fat and you are building muscle. Fitness myth number five, you should lose weight, then build muscle. Now, can we talk about this one for a little bit? Because as a person who works with a lot of women, I get told all the time, I want to lose weight and then I want to work on building muscle. And I'm like, girl, but we can chew and talk at the same time. Like we can do both. We can have it all. Like it's literally right there. All we got to do is reach out and grab it and do it. So the idea that you've got to do um, one before the other just isn't, it's just not true. Like you could be doing a combo of cardio and strength training Um, which will actually increase the amount of fat that you're burning during and after your workouts. Um, You can lose fat and build muscle by balancing your macros and weightlifting. So you can do both at the same time. You don't have to say to yourself like, oh, you know, I want to lose weight and then I'll start trying to sculpt my body. No, you could literally be doing like a good cardio workout and like going to Pilates or doing a good cardio workout and hitting some of the weights, getting some dumbbells. Um, You want to make sure that you're simultaneously doing both types of training so that as you are lifting weight, you are losing weight. You are in the process of also sculpting a beautiful body and being toned all over. All of it can happen at the same time. We don't have to do one before the other. Fitness myth number six. Women should only do cardio and lift light weights. No, 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 no. We can totally lift heavy weights, which brings us to another fitness myth that, so I'm not going to go too deep into this, but doing cardio only is not going to get you where you want to go. Like it's not going to give you the booty. It's not going to give you the small waist. It's not going to do none of that. So you got to move past doing just cardio, only going to dance classes, only doing the elliptical. Those things are great to do when you first get started because everybody's got to start somewhere. But then once you get a little momentum under your belt, girl, we got to start doing some type of strength training. Number seven. You can out-exercise a bad diet. Well, we kind of already touched on that. That's not how any of this works. Nutrition is 80% of your weight loss, healthy living efforts. That means that the food has got to be fooding so that when you work out, your workout can do what it's supposed to do. Nutrition fuels your body. There are so many different benefits to so many different styles of eating. There are so many different ways to go about um, tackling meal plans and all of that. So find something that works for you and, and know that 
the food part truly is the majority of what's going to take you to where you want to be. Fitness myth number eight, you can spot reduce fat. No, we can't. And don't we wish we could? Because if that was the case, then we would all have flat stomachs, small waist, and we would probably be happy with the rest of us because we wouldn't care. Because that's what I hear a lot of people say. And that's what I say to myself all the time. I'm like, oh, if I could just have a waist that was X amount of inches, I would be fine. Like, because I'm happy with the rest of this. It's that tummy that just does what it wants to do. It just does what it wants to do and when it wants to do it. So no, we cannot spot reduce fat. And if you hear someone saying that they have discovered a way, you know, that doesn't involve them having surgery and they've been able to spot reduce fat, girl, you let me know. You let me know. We have some things that we are trying this season and I'll be able to report back to you on how well they work. But as far as exercise and food goes, No, your metabolism can't, you know, pick a spot and only pull from that spot, right? When your metabolism says like, oh my gosh, I'm about to go burn this fat real quick. They don't say, well, I know she wants me to only burn fat from her stomach. So that's where I'm going to go. No, we can't control where our metabolism decides to work. So, you know, just know that all of your hard work is not in vain and that eventually, Whatever you feel your trouble areas are, they will reach their point of achievement in your eyes. We just have to stay with our plans long enough. Number nine, heavier weights will make you look bulky. Now, this is another really popular one that I hear women say all the time. People are afraid that they're going to look more masculine or like less feminine if they lift heavier weights when really... Girl, we don't even have enough testosterone in our bodies, like naturally, to bulk up in that way. So when you see people who are professional, um, like bodybuilders or like bikini models, maybe they're the people that get into fitness competitions and you see their really, really large muscles, please know that they are doing more than working out and eating, right? Other things are happening in that situation to create such bulky muscle. The average person, us, me and you, if we, even if you lifted the heaviest weight that you could lift, it's still only going to give you lean muscle mass and it's going to reduce your overall body fat percentage, but it's not going to create, you know, muscles like a linebacker or a football player. Like, it, no, girl, we just don't even have that much testosterone. So no worries there. You can lift as heavy as you want. And if you don't believe me, then please do go look on social media. This is one of those times where I'm going to say, go look on social media. Some of those girls that you see lifting the really, really super heavy weights, their bodies aren't overly muscular. Like they don't... um have the really big bulky bodies that everyone claims that they're afraid of. So it's safe. Please go lift heavy and lift often because it burns calories like nobody's business. And it's going to give you a beautiful lean body at the end of it all. So please do. Those are all of the fitness myths. Hopefully we debunked some of the ones you might currently be living by. Hopefully you weren't living by too many of those. Um, But we're going to move on and talk about my friend Debbie. 
Debbie is a dieter. Debbie loves a diet. Debbie will diet today. She will diet tomorrow. She will diet probably for forever because Debbie never really adopted any type of meal style as her new lifestyle. Like Debbie didn't make any permanent change. So Debbie just kind of diet hops all throughout the year, trying this, trying that in the hopes that, you know, she's going to eventually reach her goal. And that's fine because we don't we don't process or method shame around these parts. So I love Debbie. Debbie's my girl. But sometimes I'd be like, ooh, Debbie, girl, last week it was keto. This week it's paleo. Next month it's going to be whole 30. Like we just got to pick one and stick to it. Like how do you even keep up with what you're eating this week and what you're not eating next week? If, and how do you even know if any of it is even working if you're constantly hopping from one thing to the next, right? It's kind of like dating, You can date multiple people at one time, but how do you really know if he's worth your time if you don't, you know, like give him all of your attention? You don't know because your your attention is divided. So you don't even know all of the all of the red flags. You don't know until you know. And by the time you know, it's too late. And I would say that's the same thing with diet hopping like my good friend Debbie. So let's run down the different types of eating that we all hear so much about. And I just want everyone to keep in mind that the best diet is the one that you can stick to for life. The best way to go about eating and creating meal plans is to pick a style that seems to agree with maybe like your values or maybe it agrees with things that your body easily processes. So like for me, I know my body does not do well processing a lot of cheese and a lot of red meat. I learned that. And so now I don't eat that much cheese and I don't eat that much red meat. And that's not like a way of eating, but that's my personal way of eating um, because that's something I can stick with for the rest of my life based on how my body performs. And so that's what I want to encourage everybody to do. Find a way that fits how your body processes food, maybe it fits some of your other food preferences, pick that and then that'll make it really easy to meal plan. That Because it gives you a guide of foods that you like or foods that you can eat that don't trouble your stomach or you know cause you a lot of indigestion, bloating, pain or whatever. These foods are able to like move through your body with no problem. And then you'll also be able to know like right off the bat, like, oh no, I don't ever need to eat such and such. Like I can eat red meat. I just know I shouldn't on a regular basis, right? Things like that. So let's run down some of the things we hear people claiming that they are like almost as if their food is their religion. People live by these things. And I'm just kind of like, oh girl, that's deep. It's deep to be married to this way of eating and be so passionate about it. But like, girl, I guess if it works for you, it works for me. Number one, keto. We hear people claiming to be keto. It's keto this, it's keto that. They got keto bread. They got keto everything. Everywhere you turn, this is a keto meal, blah, blah, blah. Keto is a low-carb, high-fat way of eating. And there are several different ways to go about practicing the keto lifestyle. If you did not know that, please go and Google it. And there are like three or four different ways to be um, a person that lives and dies by the keto, right? 
Keto diets normally avoid sugary foods, grains, starches, fruit, beans, root vegetables, and all those kinds of things. And they normally eat a lot of meat, fish, eggs, butter, cream, cheese, nuts and seeds, avocados, and like low-carb veggies. And did you even know that some veggies are like high-carb? I just had this conversation with one of my ladies last week that was eating some asparagus. Have you ever looked to see how many carbs are in a serving of asparagus? Like, girl, it will blow your mind. So they eat a lot of low-carb veggies. So that's like the keto way of eating, more or less. But like I said, Google it because there are several different ways to practice keto. This is just like a generalization of it for the purposes of this podcast, right? The paleo style of eating. If you look up paleo, like they'll tell you people who like a paleo diet, um, they believe in eating what was originally on this big earth way back when, right? Way back before people were like farming and creating all these new foods. They believe in eating things like lean meats, fish, fruits, veggies, and nuts and seeds. They believe that farming really changed the game and made everybody overweight. With the production and the creation of like so many new foods, they they think that our bodies weren't ready or couldn't adapt to some of these new foods and that that is ultimately responsible for everybody being overweight. And I have to say that I find that to be quite interesting because there's probably some truth to it. Like way back when people were creating new foods, um, I'm pretty sure that did hit people's systems a little different because their bodies weren't used to processing some of that stuff. But I mean, as times and technology has changed, like I don't think, And this is why I am not the one to get behind keto too quick. But like, I personally don't believe that like eating beans is like keeping me from being where I want to be, right? Because beans are a good source of protein without eating meat. So, but I'm not knocking keto because I would never knock anything that y'all say y'all are doing if if it's working for you. But what I am saying is sometimes when I see certain things, I'm like, well, gosh, how can that be bad for you? Like, how can a root veggie be bad? I guess maybe because people believe it's high in carbs. Like, I don't know. I'm sure everyone has their reasons for the choices that they make. But reading that about um, the paleo diet really kind of gave me something to think about. And I feel like I want to find a documentary about that way of eating and educate myself on it a little bit more. Um, Moving on. The vegan and the vegetarian style of eating. Well, we already know. If you're a vegan, you about that life, girl, because you basically ain't eating eating much of nothing. <laughs> you're not eating anything that comes from an animal, ever. No eggs, girl, no dairy, girl, no meat, girl, nothing. If it didn't grow out of the dirt, you're probably not eating it. So hats off to all the vegans, although I would have to say, and please message me, if I am wrong, but I feel like there are so many vegan products out on the market now that sometimes I'll see something like vegan cheese and I'll be like, oh, but should that be a thing though? Because then didn't we just take a plant and process it to make this into cheese, to make it look like cheese and taste like cheese? So then how good is that for us too? Like, I mean, I know we can't have it all, but that is too something that I want to find a documentary on and watch it because seriously, I feel like um, back when being a vegan meant that you 
just didn't eat anything that came from an animal way before they had like all of these products and things that people could use to substitute for meat, right? I kind of feel like that, I could get behind that. I can understand that. But now that there are so many products and I've tried them all, like I love a good Beyond Burger. I love a good Impossible Burger. I love um, the Gardein. You know, Gardein has these things that are like fried fish and they taste and look just like fish. They're delicious. Um, some of these foods though have a lot of sodium in it. If you ever look at the labels on them, a lot of these vegan substitute meat things have a lot of sodium sodium in them. Um, ooh, my hand just hit the microphone. Um, have a lot of sodium in them. So yeah, at some point I'm like, well, how good is that if you're just, you know, cutting out one thing and putting in another processed item? I don't know. But I kind of want to see a documentary on that too. Then, of course, we have the vegetarian style of eating, which means you just eat a lot of fruits and veggies, beans, grains. You don't eat meat. They, you can still have eggs and all that kind of stuff. No problem. We understand those. You hear a lot of talk about Whole30, which Whole30, I think, initially started out as like a 30-day diet where you basically just cleansed your body of all of the sugar. All of the additives, all of those bad extra oils, all of the grains, all of the dairy, all of the beans. So basically like low carb, uh, but you wanted to focus on like whole ingredients. And I also think that now that Whole30 has turned into somewhat more of like a lifestyle change, um, you're starting to see a lot of those recipes everywhere. You're starting to see a lot of people like say like, oh, this is Whole30 approved or this is like a Whole30 recipe, which is attractive to a lot of people that want to know like that this is going to be something that doesn't have sugar. It doesn't have a lot of additives. And even though I might be eating like a potato or meat or something that these other food styles might not include, at least it's not covered and smothered and God knows what. Right. So Whole30 used, well, with me personally, I used to give Whole30 a bad rap because I would be like, oh, girl, who could do that for 30 days? Like who could? Well, clearly not me. Like we said on our last call, like maybe I could not have done it back then. But now I kind of look at Whole30 like, girl, you okay? You're all right. I might be able to do it now. And I actually have the Whole30 cookbook. So I'm going to (laughs) start skimming through that again. Um, Because I feel like No Crumbs Left and Whole30 have a lot in common. And so far, I've really enjoyed the the No Crumbs Left recipes that I've tried. And then lastly, we hear a lot about the Mediterranean style of eating, which means um, that you're you're eating for heart health. These are like heart healthy recipes. Um, They come from like the traditional Greece, Italy countries that border the Mediterranean. These are going to be like plant-based, fish, seafood, lemon juice, olive oil type meals. Um, And unknowingly, many of us probably already eat this way, which I would also say that Mediterranean kind of fits into some of these other food styles because almost every food style allows you to have fish. Almost every food style allows you to have all of the veggies you can think of. Almost all of the food styles say like, girl, don't be putting too much grease on your food. Like a little olive oil is all you need. A lot of them do that. So I feel like if I had to pick one from this list that I could probably do 
for the rest of my life, I would probably pick the Mediterranean way of eating. Um, because once you look at that one and you read up on it, they really do kind of sort of let you have a little bit of everything. You don't, they don't eat that much meat. Like they're not eating meat with every meal, but they eat it just enough. Like it's just enough salmon in there for me to be happy with myself. So Debbie and her diets, what we have to remember about our good girlfriend, Debbie, is that Debbie has tried all of these, right? Whenever I talk to Debbie, I'm like, ooh, girl, like it's always something like it's Atkins, it's it's slim fast, it's this shake, it's that shake, we're doing a smoothie cleanse, whatever. You have to stick with some of this stuff for longer than just a week. You probably should really give some of these different ways of eating a full month. That's why they call it Whole30. You wanna give it like a full month to see if your body is gonna agree with it to see what preferences you might be able to take away from it. And the thing that I like to tell everybody is that there is no failure in trying, right? So what we all do is let's say we tried, um, let's say we tried the paleo, the paleo diet. I keep saying it wrong. I'm sorry. I'm a girl from the South. Let's say we tried the paleo diet, right? And at the end of a month, we didn't lose any weight. And so people would consider that a to be a failure. They'd be like, oh, well, I didn't lose any any weight, so that didn't work for me, which, mm-mm-mm, let's switch our way of thinking. So let's say we try something, and at the end of the month, maybe you didn't lose any weight, but maybe you had some very good key takeaways. Maybe what you learned was, oh, I didn't lose any weight, but I also felt better in my body. Maybe my body was processing food a lot easier. Maybe my metabolism spiked. Maybe my skin is clearer. Maybe I have more energy. I'm not feeling as sluggish because I've been eating more healthy fats and proteins. Maybe I discovered some new foods that I really love or some new meal ideas that I really love. There is no failure in trying. There is only feedback. And feedback is what we want because what feedback does is it allows us to create our own way of eating. I have tried eating like a vegan. I have tried eating like a vegetarian. I have tried just regular balanced everyday trying to live my best life eating. (laughs) I have never tried keto. Um, I have tried some Mediterranean meals, but I didn't do it for like a a whole month or anything like that. But throughout everything that I tried for an extended amount of time, I was able to take bits and pieces from that and come up with a way of eating that works for me that allows me to be consistent. So when people say like the food part is hard for them, It's not that the food part is hard. What's hard about the food part is learning what works for you. And you got to be willing to take the time and kind of learn what is going to be your way of eating. And once you figure that out, meal planning is going to be easy. You know what you like. You know what you don't like. You know what works for you. You know what doesn't work for you. Your body's going to feel better. Your skin is going to be glowing. You're going to be more well-rested. You're going to be fueled for your workouts and getting through your day and It's truly going to set you up for success with your workouts, which means, girl, we're going to be ready to try some of this other stuff that I'm going to be talking about all season. And that makes me so excited for us because let me tell you, while I won't tell you what I've been doing, I'm two weeks in. Well, by this Friday, no, yes, by this Friday coming, I would have been two weeks in moving into like my third week, I guess if that's how we want to word it. And in the first week of this particular thing, I lost three pounds. Like, I lost three pounds, right? 
So if I have another successful week with this, I will talk about this, this particular service at the beginning of September on September's first episode, if we have another good week. But this is something that's going to be like a six week situation. So I'll share my results up to that point. And we can kind of go from there. We can talk about what it is and the benefits and how much it costs and all of that. But I was excited because let me tell you something. I eat right, right? I work out and I, for the most part, just maintain. Like I'm not a person that burns fat very easily. Now, what I will say is another thing that can help us before we start moving on and trying a lot of these things one thing that I did do, one of my ladies um, right now is using an app to kind of like track her food and like have a food log or food diary, whichever one you want to call it. And whenever they're doing something, I try to do it too so that I can understand what it is they're going through. I can be up to date and like smart about whatever it is they're doing so that I can better help them, right? I know. Thank you. I'm a, I'm, a, I'm a good coach. I love the people that I work with. Um, and because I love them so much, I try to always put myself in their shoes. And so when she was telling me she was using this app, I went and I found a similar app because obviously I'm vicariously living through her experience with the app that she's using. So I picked out a different one just to see how things lined up and to see how things shaked out. Um, so right now I am also using an app to like track my food, to make sure I'm eating enough calories every day, to make sure I'm getting enough of my macros in every day. Um, and I do think that that also helped with this particular service that I'm getting. And like I told you in the beginning of our conversation, the nurse that is providing the service for me told me like, hey, your nutrition has to be on point and you got to be working out or else this right here is about to be a waste of time and money for you and me. So if you're not tracking your food, girl, get down with it. Get on your app store, pick an app, make sure you go ahead and get them people that extra money so that you can track your calories and your macros because I think they only let you do calories for free, but I think you have to pay if you want them to also track your macros. But go ahead Toss them that extra change so that you can see all of your information because it is so worth it and you will be surprised at the results that you get from doing that. And it's just good to track your food anyway, but you'll be surprised at the results you get from that along with your workouts with some of this extra stuff we're going to be doing. I'm so excited. I'm, I'm dancing while I'm saying that. But anyway, that's our, that's our, our chat for the day. My personal workout situation right now. Like I just said, I lost three pounds last week doing all the things. And I was very excited about that because I don't tend to lose weight very easily. Monday through Friday is my workout schedule. I've been allowing myself to rest and recover on Saturday and Sunday. And I think that really helps me get the most out of my workout time Monday through Friday. Um, But it is hard not working out over the weekend, I have to say. Like I have to make myself not do it But then the trade-off to that is my life is very active. Even when I'm not working out, I still get like a lot of steps in during the day and like all of that. So it's almost like active recovery, but I'm sticking to a Monday through Friday schedule. Now we talked about that 4 a.m. wake up and I was supposed to be working out at 4 a.m. and doing all the things. Well, let me just say that getting up at 4 a.m. for whatever reason has been hard. My alarm clock, first of all, has been going off at 4.22 not 4 o'clock, not 4.30, but 4.22. Either way, that 22-minute <laughs> difference 
has been killing me because I'm like, no, I need to be up at four in order for any of this to work and make sense. It has to be four o'clock. Any time after that, and I'm too close to when I need to be back into the kitchen to make breakfast and pack lunches. So I'm still working on it. But what I want to share about the 4 a.m. wake up call is that what I did learn on the few mornings that I was able to get up and actually be up on time is that I don't necessarily have to use that time to work out. And that was very helpful to me. So like I said, there is no failure. It is only feedback. And the feedback that I got from that was, oh, if you get up at four, you could use that time to start a load of laundry, go through the house and like do some of those weird things that need to get done during the day that end up sucking up so much of your time during the actual day. But if you give yourself that time from four to five to do those things, what you'll notice is that during the day, when you do go to work out, you'll work out, get that over with, and then you still have the rest of your day to actually work instead of working for an hour and then putting clothes in the laundry or working for another hour and a half and then doing this. That was like killing my productivity during the day. So on the mornings that I have been able to get up at four, what I have chosen to do is do things around the house. And that way, when I get back from taking the kids to school, I can immediately start working out because I'm not coming back home and trying to make myself breakfast, trying to start laundry, trying to do all these things. And before I know it, it's 1030 and I haven't worked out and I haven't even started working for the day. And then I have to be back at school at two o'clock to do school pickup. So sometimes it's not necessarily about waking up early to work out. And that's what I wanted to share. It's not necessarily about working out at the crack of dawn. If you're a person who's like, ooh, I don't want all of that impact and all of that like going on with my body that early in the morning because I know I don't. Like I don't want to wake up and feel like I got to turn on loud music and like get myself in the mood to be hyped up to work out. But what I do realize is like, but I am a person that can wake up early and in the quietness and stillness of my house, walk through here and get things done. Go ahead and start preheating that oven for those breakfast potatoes for those babies. Start whipping up their breakfast, packing their lunches, get them up on time, get them out. And when I'm done doing all of that, I can come home and immediately, because by then, like girl, by then it's 845 by the time I'm back at home. And I can come in because I've already eaten breakfast with the children. I can come right in grab a bottle of water and start working out and be done working out, shower change. And then I can have a solid block of time to actually work before I start doing school pickup, which is so crazy with having kids at different schools this school year. But that's my workout report. Let's talk about some of these other things that have been on my mind lately before, girl, I let you go. We talked about the overly seasoned food now. Sometimes I see the things people are sharing on social media and I know it's intended to be like, dang, that looks good. But I've gotten to a place now where I am seeing all of the cheese. I don't know if that's paprika. I don't know if that's parsley. I don't know if it's Tony's, if it's a Creole seasoning. I don't know what it is that people are like slathering over all this pasta. But if I see another aluminum foil plate with pasta, that has literally been covered in so much dairy product that it looks like you could just lift it and peel it off like it's a face mask, I'm just gonna go ahead and just lay right down and die. Probably, not really. I do have health insurance or life insurance, (laughs) but no, I'm like, literally, like we gotta stop doing that because it changes your palate and it starts to make it so that it's 
impossible for you to taste food that's just regular. Like, and I know I'm probably, (sighs) this is not going to be a very popular thing to say, but it's okay. For example, when I eat collard greens, I want to taste the collard. Like, I don't want the collard greens to be dumped in so much salt and fat and whatever else people are putting in them. Do I want them to be flavorful? Absolutely. Do I want them to have a good season on them? Yes. But at the end of the day, you know how a collard green tastes, like how it's got that little bit of a bitterness taste to it. Like, I want to taste that when I'm eating. But if we drown it in too many things, then we can't even taste the food. So we got to get better at like retraining our palates to actually taste the food instead of having palates that don't know anything but team too much. That's one thing. Something else that came to me, they just built a traffic circle out here in the country where I live. Like we're just now getting traffic circles, right? And the other day, I noticed that people, like after you go through the traffic circle or um, you, you start getting on like the straightaway, people are not allowing people to like merge into traffic. And I don't know what that's about. Like whenever I'm in traffic or I'm just out here trying to run these errands, I noticed that people really will pull up, like even in the school pickup line where we're we're all going nowhere together, like we're all stuck here together. So when people pull in and because of how the traffic is mapped out out there, sometimes you have to just pull in and you have to hope and pray somebody lets you into the line, right? Like you're going to have to merge into the line. I've seen people inch up to the bumper in front of them as to not let the person like merge into the line. And I'm like, what for? This street does not belong to you. This is not your, none of this belongs to you. None of it belongs to you. So why won't you let people merge into the lanes and into the lines? Like share it. It's all out here for us. And the more that we merge and we let people in, the faster we can all get to where we're going. Are you a person that doesn't let people merge? Like tell me, we're friends. It's okay, I'm not gonna look at you any different. Now, if you told me you didn't like Beyonce, I might be like, ooh, girl, like explain that to me. But if you tell me you're a person that doesn't like people to merge or doesn't let people merge, I will be like, ooh, just help me understand why. Like, I'm not gonna look at you any differently. It's okay. But girl, let the people into traffic. None of us belong to the streets, so we shouldn't care who's on them. Let the people in. The streets are for everybody. Lately on TV, I have been watching Married at First Sight, the New Orleans season, which I think has got to be the best season of that show that I have ever seen. This particular season had Woody and Amani, who were so, well, Woody was so sweet with her. I couldn't tell if Amani really liked him that much or not. She seemed to have a little bit of a wall up, but he was just so sweet and so all in the whole time. I mean, he get choked up talking about her was in tears, like loves that girl to pieces. And I haven't looked on anybody's Instagram to see if these people are still together, but I'm just telling you what I saw at the end of the season. And the two of them, so cute. Bennett and Amelia, I just want to put in my pocket and look at them every day. I want Bennett and Amelia to have their own TV show because I would watch that. They are so cute and quirky together. 
And they were just perfect right off the bat. No issues, just like Woody and Amani. Like they didn't have no issues, no drama, just really into it, trying to make the experiment work. And I think that's what this show needs to get back to because I've been watching this show since it first came on. And when the show first came on, you could tell they were actually trying to make matches. Somewhere along the way, they started doing more casting, the matchmaking, and that messed the show up. But now I think they must be trying to get back to a place where they're actually matchmaking because this season was just really good. Miles and Karen. And if you have not seen this particular season, it is available for you on Netflix. Miles and Karen. You know, I don't know who hurt Karen. Well, apparently it was that whoever that was she dated before Miles, that guy had a baby on her, which naturally... It caused her to put up a lot of walls. But what I don't understand about Married at First Sight is you sign up to get married, right? So you would think, oh, these people are going to come into this situation and they're going to be all in. They're going to do this experiment. They're going to lower their walls. They're going to have open hearts and minds and see how it goes. No, some people sign up for this experiment and they are like, no, you still got to prove yourself to me, (laughs) which I guess is you know, it's probably the common sense thing to do, but I don't know if I would sign up to get married at first sight, but, and then get matched with somebody and be like, oh no, like, I don't believe you. You can't be this nice. Like there's no, when I mean to tell you Miles was doing all the right things, not only was he saying all the right things, but then he was actually doing all the right things. Everybody told her he was a good guy. Um, there was really nothing bad that you could say about him. She even said she thought he was handsome, but she gave that man such a hard time that I didn't think he was going to say yes on decision day. So bless his heart. Maybe it was some stuff happening off camera with them that we didn't see. But from what I could see on that show, at one point I even tweeted like, oh my gosh, Karen is getting on my nerves. Like you have got to either get in this or let this man go. Because I'm sure once the show ended, she probably had a lot of comments and things being said about how hard of a time she gave <laughs> she gave him. But you just have to watch the season to see what I'm talking about. Then there was Henry and Christine, which hot mess. Henry, great guy, sweet as he can be, but he just got matched with somebody who I can just not even figure out. And then there was Brett and Olivia. I think that man's name was Brett. Whoever Olivia was married to, They were interesting. And I'm not going to put it all on Brett. Brett was super sarcastic. And, you know, we hate that a little bit. It's one thing to have a sense of humor. Then it's another thing to be so sarcastic that sarcasm is all you know. Because sometimes I just want you to be a grown man and just talk and have regular conversation. I don't want you to be super sarcastic all the time. And I feel like that's what Brett did to her. Like he was so sarcastic all the time she never knew if he was joking or not or really giving her his true feelings or not like she just couldn't tell however sometimes I feel like Brett was clearly communicating the way he felt but because she couldn't decipher whether that was real feelings or sarcasm she would always say like I don't know how he feels I don't even know him when I feel like no girl he was showing you who he was like I don't know how you're missing this this is who he is. So you just have to decide whether you want to be in this or not. And ultimately, she decided that that wasn't for her. And they had like financial differences that 
um, must have been discussed more off camera, but they had money talks that really like drove her crazy. Apparently, Olivia's like balling and doing really well for herself. Brett doesn't make as much money as she does, but he was already a homeowner. And so like their values were just in two different places. Um, and I think that too really like got on Olivia's nerves that he was a person that budgets and he wanted to put money back into his home and he was thinking about his finances in the long run. And Olivia was like, "Mm -mm, I'm gonna get it how I live it. I'm out here. I'm a nurse practitioner and I make all this money. I'm trying to travel. I'm trying to five star my way to the top. Every time I do something, it's going to be an experience, right? (laughs) And he just wasn't with that. And I think, um, she felt like he was always going to be raining on her parade, even though he never said that or never, you know, yeah, he, the only thing he ever said was, oh, if that's the way you want to live, just know sometimes you're going to have to pay for it. And she didn't want to ever have to pay for him. That was the other thing. So then sometimes I'm like, ooh, on this ex- in this experiment, I wonder if feelings would be different if you had known the person longer. Like she might not feel comfortable or want to pay for a man's vacation that she just met and just got married to. But had they met in a more traditional way and like dated in a more traditional way and she like had known him for a couple years and then they got married I feel like she would have a different look at that but then maybe maybe not maybe I don't I don't know I don't know I also just finished watching the season finale of P-Valley love that show say what you want about it I know it's not for everybody um, but I love P-Valley and I felt like the season finale was really good Um, So if you haven't watched it, check it out. I'm very excited about some shows coming up that are on my list on Netflix. I can't wait to watch Never Have I Ever. I think this is the last season of that show. If you haven't watched it, it's about a high school student and all of the ways that she's growing up. And it's just such a cute show. Um, I highly recommend it to everybody. You will fall in love with it. Indian Matchmaking is back. I love that show too. I watched the first season of it and I love seeing you know what? This is a matchmaking show where it's clearly about the matchmaking. And it's not like they're casting people. Like it's really a matchmaking show. So if you're interested in that, that's out there. And I'm also very excited about Ted Lasso coming back. They're starting to tweet from that account again. So I don't know if that means the show is coming soon or what. But if they're tweeting, that must mean that the show is coming down the pipeline at some point. And I think that's it for me today. On this Sunday evening, Sunday afternoon, you know, I recorded this particular episode in my child's bedroom since I have a house full and they're they're downstairs doing everything. Hopefully you didn't hear my neighbor's dogs barking in the background, but girl, if you did, I mean, what can I do? I have neighbors now and I can have a whole episode about my feelings about them next door, but that would not be the most positive thing to do. So I'm not going to do it. I mean... Keep my words to myself because I don't have nothing nice to say. Huh. But when you're out, you find something nice to say to a woman that you run into. Compliment her. Tell her something nice about herself. Remember, when we compliment each other and we build each other up, that uplifts the sisterhood as a whole. Remember, don't compete. Don't compare. Don't complain. What God has for you is for you. Never knock another woman's hustle. I cannot wait to talk to you next time. Thank you for joining me right here at Tia's Table. Love you, girl. Bye.
Thank you for joining me at Tia's Table. I love good girlfriend time. And if you do too, please consider subscribing to the show. Don't forget to rate and review and be sure to follow me on Instagram for daily food and workout inspiration. Talk to you later, girl. Bye.